Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to the Weeds Are Wild podcast series as a part of the Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Jason Norsworthy, Distinguished Professor of Weed Science with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. And today I'm excited to be joined by Lance Smith, who's the tech service rep for Gowan Company. Lance, hey, it's great to have you with us today. Hey, Jason, it's great to be here today. I enjoy listening to this podcast every week. Um, it's always some good information, and hopefully we can provide some uh, you know, good information on our new product, Rogue. Yeah, so Lance, today I want to talk to you and invited you here to uh, meet with us and talk about Rogue. I'm excited to have Rogue in the market now. It's a new opportunity for our rice growers to use it, and it's a it's a very unique herbicide. I don't think there's anything in the marketplace like it in terms of how this herbicide behaves uh, in water, uh, how we go about utilizing it. And so today I want to talk a little bit about ways really to maximize the activity of Rogue, the do's and do nots as it relates to the use of Rogue. Talk about what you're kind of seeing in the field and some exper- past experiences that we've had, at least in 2021, uh, where we had a Section 18 in 2021 and got to use it on on a good many acres uh, in Arkansas, as well as I think you guys used it some in Louisiana. So with that, Lance, let's just start. And when you think about Rogue, one thing is I know that growers are wanting to use it. I believe they have to actually go in and take a test. Gowan has a training associated with this. Tell us a little bit about the training and the test that has to be in place before you can actually use this product. Yeah, we do. We do require that just simply because it is such a unique product and the water requirements and, and you know, how the, the, the activity is created within this product in the water. Uh, but it's a simple... You know, I think it's about a 30-minute test, and you can go to the Gowan website, go to the Rogue, and actually uh, the Rogue webpage, and actually access um, that information. And like I said, it's about 30 minutes. It goes through very detailed, not too detailed, but it gives a lot of good information as far as how this product works, you know, why it's critical to have such, you know, your water, uh, you know, where it needs to be. Uh, and then at the end of it, there is a test, like a five-question test, which is pretty simple. And uh, once you do that, then you are certified to use Rogue. Yeah, I'm, actually, I have the website written here. It's www.gowanco.com backslash Rogue hyphen SC. So that's the website. If you go to that, again, there's a tutorial there on really how to use the product, how to optimize the activity. And that's one thing just want to touch on here today is is how to optimize the activity as well as the species that we can really pick up. But this herbicide is one that has to be in the water in order to be active. It's what we from a weed science community call a pro-herbicide. It's not really Rogue itself is not a herbicide. It has to be converted over to a herbicide, and that conversion actually occurs in the water. So if you place it on dry ground, you're really not going to have much, if any, activity of this herbicide. Uh, Benzobicyclone hydroslate is, is the active ingredient that's formed when we put Rogue in the water. So one thing with this herbicide is, the, unlike a lot of herbicides, based on what I've seen, the deeper the water, 
the more activity that we have. A lot of herbicides that are active in water, as you get more and more water out there, you're diluting the herbicide. But with this one, the more water you get out there, the more opportunity you have to convert the non-herbicidal material over to a herbicidal material, as well as the fact that you've got more plant material now that's going to take up the herbicide. So if I've got a six inch plant and I've got a one inch flood, I'm not getting a lot of shoot uptake. Whereas if I've got a three inch, four inch flood, I'm going to get a lot more shoot uptake of the herbicide. What are some other key uh, points that need to be made in terms of optimizing the activity of this herbicide, Lance? Well, Jason, I tell you, you know, as far as like in Arkansas, where we have a lot of drill seeded rice, we really want to target, uh, you know, that earliness before the canopy closure. That's one reason, even on the label, if you go and look, uh, we've got a cutoff of two tiller rice, basically, so that we can actually get good, you know, coverage to the water is what we're really wanting. We're, we're wanting to treat that water layer. And, uh, you know, that is one of the, the, one of the keys as well. Uh, you don't want to wait too late in the season, like past mid season or something like that, where you have a lot of foliage out there that could intercept that, uh, rogue before it makes it to the water. Uh, then you, you know, you run the instance of not having the, the correct amount of material converted to actually have adequate weed control. Um, some of the other things like we're talking about the flood water you know maintaining a deep flood is very essential with this product um, i know last year we had some instances where you know we went out it was probably one to two inch flood they were actually pumping on the field and the applications went out and in those instances you know we ran into some issues uh, basically pushing water around and then you know in the same breath you're you're pushing some material the rogue material around too so uh, those are just some, you know, some real keys. Uh, you want to maintain, once you get those applications out, you want to maintain that flood uh, without pumping on it for five days is the requirement that we have. You know, you want a deep flood, fly the rogue in and maintain that flood. Don't pump on it for five days to allow the conversion to happen. And then you can start, you know, uh, putting some more water back on those fields. Yeah, and you know, also the importance really of also getting it to the water is that it's all about trying to control small weeds. You know, this this isn't a salvage herbicide. Everybody says, well, right. it's a post-flood material. So if yeah. it's a post-flood material, it's a salvage herbicide. And I don't think of Rogue as being a salvage, salvage material. It's a material that can be part of a planned program. And with that, when you flood up, it's all about trying to get the herbicide in the water as soon as possible. Because the smaller the weed, the more of that weed that's actually going to be, be covered uh, with water and essentially the herbicide. Uh, another thing that we've seen in our plot work, and I was a little bit surprised with it initially, but it's, it occurs every time that we look at that. And it is that the fact that adding MSO, for some reason, even getting it to the water, this is not a herbicide that's going to be taken up by the shoots. But when we add MSO to it, I see about five to 10 per percentage point improvement in weed control and so for that reason i like to recommend an mso product with with these rogue applications some other things that we have seen in our work is that just talking about spectrum here it's a very good material on sprangle tops and regardless of the sprangle top species uh, we've had very very good luck on those 
Again, I don't like to see it out there on heading sprangle top. I've seen some folks want to put it out there on large heading sprangle top, and I've killed, I'll be frank, I've killed some in some instances, but that's not where the herbicide really needs to be. If you go into flood and you've got some sprangle top out there, it's a very, very effective herbicide. Annual sedges. The sedges today are, uh, actually, they're the second most problematic weeds that we have in Arkansas rice. Uh, annual sedges, a lot of them are ALS resistant. I know Galwin has products, the Permit, the Gambits, the Permit Plus is products, and those were very effective herbicides for us at one time, but today a lot of our annual sedge is ALS resistant. This is a very, very effective herbicide on annual sedges. And then also a lot of the aquatic weeds that we typically deal with in rice, we're going to control with this, with this herbicide. The one weed that we're not going to control, and I've seen this time and time again in my research, has been red stem. You know, it's yes. <laughs> Lance. I mean, <laughs> yeah. have you seen some failures of of rogue on red stem? Yeah, Jason. That you know, that's something that we saw this past year, um, and and that may be some education, you know, gap on our part. But we had a lot of rogue that went out on some fields, uh, and in return, we had a lot of red stem in those fields. So it has basically zero activity on that. Now we do have, you know, your your Permit, Permit Plus, Gambits, which are very effective on it. And uh, usually in those situations, if you know you're going to have a red stem problem in those fields, uh, we recommend those products to go with it in those situations. Yeah, and, you know, in addition to red stem, joint vetch, coffee bean. I mean, right. those are some other weeds right. that we have out there. My experience has been, I mean, if we've got any size on those weeds, I, it may be if they're under the water, we may pick them up with Rogue, but if they're out of the water, uh, we're not going to get those. And so I really like putting a permit or a gambit or something in there that's going to help me pick those those up. And I don't consider Rogue to be a barnyard grass question, uh, barnyard grass herbicide. That's that's a question that I commonly get when I'm I'm talking to folks about Rogue. Will it kill barnyard grass? I've killed it before if it's one leaf, two leaf, if it's under the water, but if it's out of the water at all, it's suppression at, at, at best. So with that, rogue, if I've got barnyard grass, it's things like rice star, clencher, I mean, your, your product of choice that you want to go with to pick up barnyard grass. If I've got black seed, if I have yellow nut sedge, me and you were talking mm -hmm. earlier, this is not a material that's going to uh, kill yellow nut sedge. If I'm going to need yellow nut sedge, I'm needing a permit. It yeah. needs some. It's going to need some help. So with that, this is a herbicide that we can use as a tool, but it's probably not just a standalone herbicide that's going to kill every weed species that we have out there from a post-flood standpoint. Yeah, and one, you know, one we were talking about earlier was smartweed. You know, we get a lot of questions on that, and we were pretty optimistic uh, looking at a few fields last year where we had some smartweeds, and initially. We saw a lot of bleaching on those. We thought we were having pretty good control, but um, eventually they, they went ahead and grew out of that. So that's another one, you know, definitely, you know, like a gambit. Uh, it's very effective on the uh, smart weeds in those situations. You know, when you have a herbicide that's active in the water, we talk about holding that water as, as long as possible. And, you know, at times we have excessive rainfall events so we start losing water we start pushing water we have levees levees break i mean what can you expect if you lose if you lose the water 
Are you going to lose some herbicidal activity? What, what, what do we need? What can we expect if we lose water, we begin to push water in a field? Well, that's that, you know, you're going to, if you're pushing water out of those fields, you're going to lose some efficacy. There's no doubt. Uh, you know, that I guess the timing, it seems to be critical on that. Like, you know, where I was talking about, have that flood established uh, and stagnant for about five days. Seems like that gives you time to get enough conversion out there. You give some pretty good control, but that kind of, well, basically, you know, if you got a rain before then, you're probably going to lose some efficacy. If you get a rain or, or if you lose water after that, then, you know, we've still, and we actually had this situation last year. We had a field, uh, you know, we held the water on stagnant for six, five, six days. He went to reestablish the flood on those fields. The well went down. So we drew the water down. It never dried out, but it remained muddy. And in those situations, we still had very good control of some annual sed spring on top, uh, some of the other aquatics that were out in that field. Um, now, as far as, you know, your residual aspect, you probably lost some of your residual, you know, in that situation. But, um, you know, I think it, 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 the timing is the critical part of it. And if we can maintain that stagnant flood for those five days, it seems like it does a very good job. No, I, I agree with you. It's all about, you know, tr trying to make sure that you don't at least let that field dry out. I mean, if you do, yes. if you have a levee burst, let's try to get those levees back, back together and get that field flooded up before that field dries. If that field dries, uh, you're probably going to have little to no activity. Based on my experience, little to no activity of the rogue is going to be left uh at, at that time another go on well i was just going to say jay just on staying on this topic we actually had some situations this past year uh levied field irrigation then you know of course in the top running water through the field and uh you know we got a call on it you know it's not controlling my sprinkle top well you go out there in the first two patties you had a lot of sprinkle top but you got down to the bottom of the field it was clean as pins so basically you know we pushed that material to the bottom of the field and that cascading situation so uh that that you know that's just kind of giving you an idea how this product you know works and uh you know when you're pushing a lot of water through there like that especially if you've got a you know one of these uh you know 2000 gallon per minute wells you're pushing a lot of water through those fields absolutely if you're pushing water you're pushing herbicide right and so essentially what's going to happen is your uppermost field is going to have a lower concentration of herbicide right. and to some extent if you're not losing water out of the bottom of the uh, bottom of the field you're accumulating herbicide in those lower bays yeah and so for that reason you're going to see more more activity and with that again i really like the herbicide in a zero grade system where i'm i'm not pushing water i like the herbicide in a side inlet system where again i'm not pushing as much water across fields right. in a side inlet system that's really where i think it's worked best based on the research that we've done to date another thing about this this herbicide you know there's some herbicides contact herbicides you put out there and and i'm thinking of things like propanil sharpen i mean you put them out there in two days three days later you say wow i i, I see weed controlling even some of our slower acting herbicides uh, ristar clincher the regiments i mean i've seen seven days ten days you've got a pretty good idea of, of what you've got this herbicide mm -hmm. here is not one that you're going to walk out at seven days ten days and say wow i i i know what i have at this right. point i mean it's a slow acting herbicide oh yeah definitely 
and, and, and that's something, you know, I'm just using another field as, as an example, but we had a field, had a lot of uh, umbrella sedge in it. This, it was last year, um, as well as some bull rushes and some of those other rushes like that. And, you know, basically by the first week, we saw a lot of bleaching. Uh, started seeing the bleaching. And then in two weeks, started seeing some of the brown. And by three weeks, we were starting to see some death in this stuff. So like you said, it, it takes time. Uh, I think that's going to be a learning curve for folks is the, you know, the speed of activity with this uh, product because it does take so much more time than, you know, say a propanil, which is you can see it the next day on a lot of stuff. But uh, this one, it it it's a great product, uh, but sometimes we just got to be patient with it. I, I don't think we, again, I don't think we have in rice today anything that behaves. No. The, the, no. the, the closest thing that I can think of, and this is going w- way back in the day, is just molinate and uh, right. not just molinate from the standpoint of how you, you had you had to have water you mm-hmm. couldn't lose your water hold the water put it in and this herbicide has a lot of characteristics i think similar to to molinate oh um, yeah and that's how we've had to relate it to some people i mean some of the older people that remember molinate they're like oh yeah now it makes sense but so yeah that it's that's a good a good way to describe how to manage it for sure Okay. Well, um, also just again back in terms of tank mixing, I think this the slowest slowness of the activity is another reason why you might want to put something else with it. Because one thing is when you injure these plants, these injured plants are going to be more sensitive to this herbicide. Or as you begin to help try to melt these down into the water, you're going to be getting more up, shoot uptake of these these weeds that we're trying to control with this. And hence again the reason of maybe putting a rye star, if I'm after things like Sprangle Top or even Barnyard barnyard Grass plus, Rogue plus Rye Star Clincher, things where I'm mixing those together, I'm going to have a lot more activity than just going after them with Rye oh, yeah. Star, just right. going after them with Rogue. Those products alone in a salvage situation, and I'm saying post-flood there, post-flood environment is not going to be as effective as putting those together. That's correct. And, and that's another thing, you know, this past year we actually saw that with the um, not so much the rye star we did see a few fields with rye star the same kind of situation and it just simply you know you they makes it makes the the tank the tank mixture with these herbicides and rogue uh, makes all the difference it seems like uh, another instance is regiment we actually saw it on some really really large barnyard grass that i wouldn't it was past regiment size and actually with the rogue mixture in there I mean, it was just amazing how we cleaned up some of those fields. Again, you wouldn't expect any activity no. out of Rogue. You, you're saying that's probably too big for Regiment right. to actually kill, but you put the two together, and it, and, and, it and, and, it, and it worked great. And that's what I've seen in my, my plot, mixing things together with mm-hmm. Rogue. is There's some benefit associated with that. You know, something else, as I look through the label, and one thing that I found intriguing on the label, partly because I've been doing a lot of research kind of in this area here over the last several years with Loyant, and that is coating onto urea, coating onto fertilizer with various herbicides. And I noticed that uh, you guys actually had on the label that you can place Rogue onto fertilizer and put it into the to the flood. Tell us a little bit about the thoughts behind that. Yeah, and that really, that, a lot of that comes out of Louisiana because a lot of the guys down in Louisiana are, are putting herbicides on urea. They've done it for years. 
and uh, we actually we had several of the EUP fields down there in the past you know three or four years where they have uh, put it on urea and have very good results uh, using that you know that method of application and you think about it you know those applications are going out you're putting it on urea you're getting it straight down in the water you're not having to worry about the spray penetrating you know the canopy uh, in some of those situations so you know that's why we put it on there and of course you know we're doing some work with y'all you know you this year uh actually looking at some uh a spray versus uh urea coated so we can have some more information here in arkansas um as far as those applications go uh yeah i'm, I'm anxious to see how that's going to turn out in our plot work you know just again going back looking at other herbicides when i've coated it on urea coated it coated it on fertilizer uh, performance generally has been slightly less, or I've needed I've needed more herbicide to get the same effect that I did with the spray. So I'm anxious to see how the results turn out when we uh, we're actually getting ready. I think this week we're going to begin to make some applications where we've got Rogue uh, coated on urea, potash, uh, things like that that we're going to drop into the flood. Uh, one other weed that we haven't mentioned here on this podcast today, and I know I get a lot of questions about based on some of the plot work we've done in the past and that is weedy rice yeah. and I, I noticed you got the the label and it, it this is very interesting because it's almost virtually impossible to take emerged weedy rice out of conventional rice hence the reason we've got Clearfield, we have full page we have provisia uh, but we've had a lot of success uh, depending upon the type of weedy rice we have. There's some weedy rices out there that are, are just purely tolerant mm-hmm. to rogue. There are some that are sensitive, and we actually know today why that's the case. It has to do with the genetics, has to do with some mutations within the plant. Some are sensitive, some are, some are not, but we've had some success. One thing that I just want to say as it relates to the weedy rice, it's all about trying to get that field flooded as soon as possible. The smaller the weedy rice, the better your chances of controlling. And actually what we've been able to find, if I've got one to two leaf weedy rice, regardless of what the trade is in that weedy rice, if I can get the water over one to two leaf, I'm going to improve my chances of controlling it. If I've got three to four leaf, five leaf weedy rice, it's really going to be hit and miss as to whether we're going to be able to control it with Rogue. The other thing that I've seen in our work with, with Rogue is you guys have an 8.4 fluid ounce and you got a 12.6 fluid ounce rate. If I'm dealing with annual sedge, if I'm dealing with some aquatics, there's some times that I can be out there with 8.4 fluid ounces. If I'm thinking about suppressing, suppressing weedy rice or even controlling weedy rice with this product, there's only one rate, and that's 12.6 fluid ounces. Anything less than that, you're not going to be, you're not going to have much, if any, activity at all. Right. And I'll, I'll agree with that. And, you know, last year we had the Section 18 for weedy rice control. That's right. And, you know, that was the only rate that was allowed was the 12.6. And we, we were very successful in a lot of those fields. Now, there were some, of course, you know, we had some later timings that went out on some fields and in some of those instances we missed some weedy rice but there on the other hand you know we had some guys that weren't expecting um that well that much weedy rice control in some of these fields i mean and it was big i mean this stuff was a foot tall and it, it's the genetics like absolutely you said. and in those situations it's pretty amazing when you walk out there and you see it taken down 
you know, foot tall weedy rice in those fields. Yeah, it's it's it, it shocked me the first time that that we saw it. Being able to take weedy rice out of conventional rice, uh, I'd never seen anything like it before. So this this is something though I would tell a grower going in. Don't put this out with the expectation that it's going to work in in every field. I mean, it, it's almost a bonus from the standpoint. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd be wanting to go after annual sedge, aquatics, sprangle top, the weeds we talked about. And you know, if you pick up weedy rice in there, consider it a bonus. Oh yeah, definitely. That that's how I would treat it. Uh, anything else that uh, you're seeing as it relates to Rogue, anything else that you would like to add that uh, would help these growers that are listening to this podcast today really optimize the activity of this? Or uh, what are your other, any other thoughts as it relates to the product? Well, you know, like we talked about, well, we pretty well covered a lot of those. You know, of course, the MSO, we've seen, you know, that helps. Uh, maintain the floods. I'm just basically checking off what we've gone over here, but um, you know, make sure you're getting you know adequate water coverage with the applications. Um, you know, those are the big keys to me. And and also, like I said, it seems like to me from what we saw a lot this past year, if you can maintain a stagnant, you know, not putting or you know putting more water onto a field during that five days, it seems like that right there is a, one of the key um keys for this product it seems like you you go ahead and start getting you know that conversion you get a lot of activity from that point on even if you you do lose the flood stay wet but you lose the flood and reestablish it we have very good control in those situations so to me you know though that that's one of the keys with it um as well as flood depth maintain deep flood um like I said, get it out there before we get, you know, to mid-season. I know that's when a lot of people, they start, that's when they start seeing, you know, a lot of these sprinkle tops and stuff start coming through the canopy, and that's when they want to do something. And we, we actually had some applications on fertilizer last year in those situations, but I can tell you it's very slow. You've got large, you know, white rice crop that's taking the product up, metabolizing it during that time. And then, you 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 know, you've got it into that water solution on the fertilize and it seems like on the fertilize it takes it a little bit longer than it would the spray that wouldn't surprise me at all i mean again it's gonna to have to release off of that fertilizer right. and i think again you made a good point there is that that rice is taking up the herbicide and so right. the larger the rice is the more herbicide that rice is taking up and right. breaking um, the more herbicide that rice is taking yeah. up and breaking down and so that's less material that's available to to the weeds and yeah, also just, it's all about getting it getting it to the yeah, to the there's, water there's just so many things you run into with those late applications like that and uh you know I, we saw it last year i mean it was and it was funny you know, you go to look at some of these uh, fields, and one particular was a bad sprinkle top field. They put it on the fertilize. You know, we went out there two weeks later, and we still, you know, we had the sprinkle top went ahead and headed, and everybody's kind of sick about it. And by about a month later, that stuff had melted away. Now, it already kind of done its thing, but it was not inhibiting the rise. So, you know, it's just, it's better to be, <laughs> just like we say with all the other herbicides, be earlier with the applications, you know, uh, as soon as that flood's established, get the rogue out there. Absolutely. So again, today we were joined by Lance Smith, tech service rep with Gowan Company. 
I'd like to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series on the Arkansas Row Crops Radio, and I look forward to you tuning in next week. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.uada.edu.